Welcome to another edition of the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm hosting today Matt Carter. Normally Justin Williams sits in this chair and he does a, a crap ton better job at this than I do. Uh, but I do know that you're supposed to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And I know you're supposed to take advantage of the great one-year deal for a dollar at On3. So uh, for the next, if you were to subscribe right now, you get the football season, the basketball season, the signing period, the transfer portal, all of that covered for your next year, and you do it for a dollar. So you really can't can't beat that. I know there's a lot of entry state sites out there, but it's a dollar, right? So come on, sign up and uh, and join join the club, the rapidly expanding club. We we've, we've had double di- double digit subscribers join this week already, and it's just Wednesday when we're recording this podcast. So um, that said, we're gonna. There's been a lot of talk about realignment. There's been a lot of talk about football recruiting, but we thought it would be a good time to catch up on some basketball. Kevin Keats had his press conference a little. A few weeks ago, we, we now think, emphasize the word think, the roster is done. So we know what the 2022-23 uh, NC State basketball team is supposed to look like. We'll see how the health holds up during the season. And if you recall from last season, very few people know NC State basketball in and out like Matt Coe. So we gave Matt Coe a call. He's always ha- happy to jump on the podcast. Um, and so Matt, first of all, how's your summer going and, and how you doing? Oh man, I appreciate you having me back on. I, I know that, uh, basketball is a, w- a little ways away, but it's right around the corner. It'll be here in no time. And if you're seeing my face, that means the basketball is coming and I'm excited. <laughs> and I know a lot of NC State fans may not be too excited, but you can rest assured that, you know, I, I love my NC State basketball and I'm going to keep you know, giving you guys all I got. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know, doing some arena football coverage. The Carolina Cobras in first place, holding strong. <laughs> um, so I'm helping out there. And who knows, maybe some more doors open and stuff. But, no, for right now, man, I'm solely focused on, on that and NC State basketball like always. So I'm happy to be here. Hey, I do not know how you keep up with arena football. That's a talent. Right there, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's a, it seems like a lot of fun, especially live. I got to imagine live. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I need a, like a rule book to understand the uh, it's uh, It's wonky for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is wonky, but it, it's cool. It's uh, it's a different thing that, that I'm used to. It kind of steps out of my, my comfort zone, and uh, it's fun. There's a lot of players that have played at D1. There's a couple actually that played in the NFL that, that are in this league. So there's there's some good talent. Um yeah. You know, when you think of arena football, you think, you know, subpar football. Not not the case with, with Nashville. Um, Carolina Covers are doing great, so I'm loving it. All right, so I'm going to ask you this question, Matt. Let's, uh, let's rewind and go back to, say, uh, what do you want to say? Um, April 1st, picking out a date. April mm-hmm. 1st. Um, and you probably, if you say, all right, what are my questions about NC State's roster? You know, you probably could have gone to page two, writing down the questions. Yeah. So, um, let's go back to April 1st, what you're thinking, and now I'll go to the present day. We'll, we'll get all into right, so the April little, 1st? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, April 1st to July 13th or whatever. We'll right. get into the nitty gritty here shortly, but. Right. Big picture. Um. How do you feel? Yeah, like NC State I, I, I will say, I, I will say April first. You could probably sense the uh, panic in the room. Is the sky <laughs> falling? Is a great way to put it. Uh, you know, you didn't know what Darian Sebron was going to do. You were hearing talks at Traquavion. I mean, was a shoe in to go. Manny Bates leaving. Uh, not a whole lot of fluctuation going on. A lot of people were starting to really panic. Um, and, and maybe people still are now, you know, who knows. But uh, definitely was, was not looking good. Um, thank God NC State football was killing it and, and still are. <laughs> kind of got some people's minds off of it. But um, now I think there's at least optimism. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say a whole lot just because how optimistic can you be after what type of season we just came through. Now I will say I think we'll be a better team. I think we'll be a more complete team. But they're, again, one of those weird, you know, 
eight seed to 12 seed, the, the, those group of teams where any, any which way their, their season can go. Um, but I definitely think that they got better in some areas. They still have some holes um, as any former, you know, last place team would have, but uh, there, there's definitely some improvements. Uh, obviously the big ones are Quavion coming back possible first rounder, you know, that was, more than than huge that was completely just massive we we had to have that and and in today's college basketball you get that because of nil you know in years past he's gone like see you you know you, you're possibly getting drafted yeah he would have been gone but nil helped that one out for sure um darion sebron he's with the pelicans now so he's gone obviously manny bates going to butler uh but there, there's a couple of good additions that i can't wait to get into here yeah. i like um Let's talk about the Quavion coming. I think that's the obvious starting point, right? I mean, you know, he, he was a guy that I'm not so sure a lot of us were thinking NBA, NBA, NBA. And when he first went into the draft process, I admit I thought it was kind of one of those, ah, just going to see what the feedback is. And then you start hearing the buzz. Wait, team think he's a first-round draft pick. And you start seeing him showing mm-hmm. up on the mock draft. Not just your, you know, your, your run-of-the-mill mock draft, your premier ESPN, uh, what's his name, is it Javoni, Jonathan Javoni of NBA Draft Express, having him in the mock right. draft at the first round, and the athletic having him, at that point you begin to think, because it's been a long time, not just NC State, this is in an NC State issue, where if you have a player who's expected to be drafted, much less first round, coming back to college, what you said is very true. Right. NIL changed the dynamic, and I think that's something that's going to really help out college basketball in terms of continuity with some of these teams. Um, but now you have a guy that I saw the Athletic had him number 11 in its mock draft for mm-hmm. next year. you got a potential lottery talent on your team. I mean, this, A, what does that mean for NC State in your opinion? But B, what did Tequavion has to do to stay true to that, so to speak, become that lottery pick that some people think he can be? Yeah, there's a few outlets that actually had him as the number one returning uh, sophomore out of uh, the entire country. And, and so it's it's not just NC State fans that are high on Tequavion, and for good reason. I mean, he there was talks of him, you know, especially on my end. You know, I can wave the white flag and, and he proved me wrong. Um, his efficiency for me was very sketchy at times. And there were times where, you know, he's throwing up so many shots. But, you know, when you boil it down, I mean, who else on the team is really going to put up shots like that? And, and in high fashion, I mean, he was eight in the ACC in scoring. Uh, like, we, we need that. that. That's what that means for NC State. Ha- not having – much offensive firepower outside of of a inconsistent Jericho Helms and a Darion Sebron, who, as great as he is driving, wasn't a shooter. Having Turquavion come back, not only – I don't even want to talk about a captain role because I, I don't even know if I see him as a captain. It's just that anchor that you know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. You know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of players like that on this roster last year. But with Turquavion, you know that you're going to get a bucket. So having that go-to offensive firepower, no matter the outlook of the team, other teams are going to have to respect what he is as a talent. And and if he has any type of reciprocation of, of last season, he will be a lottery pick. And that's something that NC State fans should definitely hang their hat on. Um, big, big year coming for Turco Avion. I think the main thing is size. He's got to put on some size. Yeah. He's a little skinny. He's athletic. He can get up there for sure. I don't, I don't think his defense was, was too bad. I thought he was solid. Um, I would just like to see his still his shot selection. I'd like to see him be a little bit more smart about it. Take the right shot at the right time. Exactly. You know, just because you can go out there and put up 35 points, you know, maybe we don't need that right now. Maybe we need you to facilitate or, or pass up this shot to, to get the other guy the right shot. Um, that, that's what I would like to see, a little bit more tactical rather than – I'm a bucket and I know it, so I'm going to get past you. Um, that's that's kind of the, the mentality I would like to see. Just a little bit more maturity on the offensive side. 
I think you hit it right on the nail. I think it's, it's understanding. For instance, in a game where the offense is rolling and you're struggling and you've gone, say, one for six or one for seven in the first half, but the rest of the team is shooting 55%, don't force it in the second half and try to get your shot. You know, the offense are clicking and just let it go and let your other teammates cook. Have faith in your other teammates. Yeah. I think there was one game at Georgia Tech last year where they were rolling. That may have been one of their best games of the season. That's not saying a whole lot about last season, but uh, I think that was one of the rare, rare games where um, or it may have been another game I'm thinking of. I'm trying to find his game log, but there was one game where he was clearly trying to find his shot after it was after he was struggling and maybe some of the other guys on the, it may have been the ACC tournament against Clemson right. where he went two for 13 and he kept shooting where that was a tight yeah. game seasons on the line. You need to go with what's working, even if it's not you. So, and I, I what, what heightened me is I felt like to Quavion from his comments didn't shy away from the criticism and the feedback he got from the NBA. He know he mentioned that specifically, better shot selection, understanding him. Yeah, um, you know, some people can be defensive about that. If they say, I'm a scorer, right. I'm going to shoot. He didn't seem to be that way. So he showed a lot of maturity during this process all the way around. So hopefully that's a good sign. Now, with Dequavion, obviously, he's only one guy on the court. I think we all agreed last year that um, – you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't work as well as Cam Hayes wanted it to work. He's now at LSU, along with uh, one-time pack signee Sean Phillips. Um, that was the hope at point guard last year. So you needed a point guard, obviously, yep. this year. They went out and got Jarkel Joyner, leading scorer at Ole Miss. This is actually be a sixth year of college basketball, so he's obviously got a lot of experience under his belt. Um, I'll confess, I did not watch a lot of Ole Miss basketball. I apologize to new NC State assistant coach Levi Watkins for that. But I did not watch a lot of Ole Miss, Ole Miss basketball last year. But from looking at the numbers, supposedly really good defensively. And he can score. Um, Matt, your thought. Now, we're going to go through all these newcomers here as we kind of look at the roster. Jarkel Joyner, to me, a lot of people talk about DJ Bones. But to me, Jarkel Joyner is actually the guy to watch among the newcomers. Yeah, definitely. I, I've got him actually listed as uh, one of, if not the, uh, one of the top transfers um, for NC State. I think you had to go out and answer the point guard position, especially in a Kevin Keats offense where guard play is so important. Um, I have my questions about DJ Burns, and we'll get into him here in a second, but let's touch on Jarkel Joyner. So, yeah awesome score and I think that that's a sneaky backcourt where those 50-50 games last year Jarkel Joyner is going to help bump that in our favor a little bit right mm -hmm. you know that you, you pick your poison either you're going to guard Traquavion or you can guard Jarkel you got to guard one of them and they're both capable of making buckets my big problem with Jarkel Joyner is the assist Last year, and in years past especially, but last year for sure, there was a lot of times where the ISO ball just took them. Now, I know that that got really, really prominent toward the end where it's just Sebron, Helms, and Turquavion just get out there and, you know, just make something happen. Right. I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think we're going to get that this year, right? But what concerns me about Jarkel only averages 2.3 assists last season and he is only 1.5 for his career. And sorry, I think it's got a weird sound. There it goes. Um, so 1.5 for his career. And that concerns me in an offense that really needs to see some ball movement. Um, again, I'm going to show my bias, but like Markel Johnson is a great <laughs> example. He's great at assisting. Um, shout out to him for signing number one German league. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's when the offense looked its best, when you had a capable point guard that can assist. Now, Jarkel was tied with, and this is for all my diehard um, NC State fans out there that really kept up with, with recruiting, uh, Philandris Fleming Jr. from Florida, they were tied for 23rd in the SEC in assists per game. 
Um, that's really concerning because there's got to be a way that we get rid of this ISO ball. I know that's kind of the mold of a Kevin Keats offense, at least for right now. I just don't know if that spells success. Uh, so that, that would be my only concern. There was – I actually wrote this note down. Uh, in 12 games last year, he had less than or equal to two assists. Uh, nine of those games where he only had one assist. Um, and he played in 17 games. So it was kind of an injury-ridden season. Um, so take it, take that with a grain of salt, but just know that both these guys are looking to score. They're not really looking to pass. So that's really my only red flag. That's why I really hope that we see a little bit more Breon pass, no pun intended. Uh, but I, I think he's great with the ball. <laughs> well I think he's really, yeah, thank you. Uh, I think he's really smart with the ball. I think he's really mature with it. And then obviously you've got LJ Thomas, another really solid scorer. So it's a sneaky backcourt. There's definitely some, some holes and some red flags. Uh, but those assist numbers are really jumping out at me. And I just hope it's not a, a reoccurrence of ISO ball like we saw last year. Yeah. And, and too, I think some of the assists, not, you're, you're not undeniably right. There was a lot of isolation one-on-one last year. Um, I think also some of the assist numbers were hampered by the fact of not having a low post score, not having anybody to kind of really throw the ball and score type. I mean, Darion is not a guy that you throw the ball, he's going to shoot it and score, right? He, as right. said, he's going to drive it to the basket. Um, you know, really, Taquavion might have been the best guy that you could assist to last year, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard to pass the ball to yourself. Yeah. And to, to your point, uh, to the other point, it was one of the worst shooting team percentage-wise. I think it was like 30. I'd have to go back and look. I believe it was 30 years. Um, yeah. yeah. And to yeah. Jarkel, I'm, you know, I think they had another point guard at Ole Miss, so he may have been asked to be a little bit more of a scorer. So to your point, I think that's mm-hmm. the question mark, is how much can he be a point guard distributing, leading the offense point guard? Because that may not have been exactly what he was asked to do a whole lot at Ole Miss. And so right. that is an unknown. I do think defensively he adds something because I think there was some um, lack of defensive stopping ability at uh, a point guard position last year. And if you Casey Morsell was NC State's best perimeter defensive player last year, mm-hmm. you put him and Jarkel Joyner and Taquavion Smith, and that's your three-guard lineup, um, you know, you got scoring and you got defense. Like you said, I think it's sneaky good. I, I wholeheartedly agree with Bouillon. I think it's just time to, you know, you and I had this question a lot last year. Let's let right. Bouillon play and see what he can do. Well, well, you know, and that's another point, too, is that I feel like Bouillon is really the only true point guard out of all the guards that we have. You know, you had mentioned maybe he wasn't asked, Jarkel wasn't asked to be that pass-type point guard, but he is definitely going to be the one for us, so – what are we going to ask of him other than to score? Because we've got our scorer in, in um, Turquavion, and DJ Burns is a great scorer. We've got options that can score. How can he affect the game other than scoring? Um, I, I really think it's so crucial to have just an, an assist-type point guard that can get you four, five, six a game. Is he that? He hasn't proved it. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Or like you said, hasn't been asked. But I'd have to argue that, he, he's going to have to be asked to do that because who else oh, yeah. on the team is going to, you know, get out there and, and throw the ball around. Yeah. Um, and that's so, just also the style of offense. So, yeah. um, and I, I got to go back and say, so we can put for the record for anybody who might've had a bet on it when you're over and under uh, the first Markel Johnson reference on the podcast and see whether or not you met the over and under, but yeah. they, Take the over every time. <laughs> I actually talked to Markel. I talked to Markel um, on Twitter after he signed his German deal, and I told him congratulations and all that. And hmm. hopefully, he heard my begging about getting me a free jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if he does, I want you to show up in your next podcast. Oh, one hundred percent. That's that, that's going in the man cave. Uh, we've mentioned his name a couple times already. Uh, DJ Bones is probably the other most noteworthy transfer edition. There were four total. We'll get through all of them. But DJ, um, White, the Big South Player of the Year, incredibly efficient. I'm going to say what I like about him and then obviously the questions. But at a low post score, you may say, oh, you know, it was what, Big South Conference, 
big deal. I mean, but actually, mm-hmm. if you go back and look what he did against Power Five competition, he did the same thing. He scored, um, and he was efficient at it, high percentage. Um, the guy is just a very skilled, low post scorer, not three point shooting. It's in the paint, a low post scorer, which truthfully, NC State. I didn't maybe Omir Yochevin has not had in the Kevin Keats era. And Yochevin was kind of a finesse, um, even face right. up type guy. So there's no question he can score. And I think NC State has a low post score. Now, the two questions are the conditioning. Only played, what, 20 minutes a game last year? Yep. Um, I understand through the grapevine that he understands that and has made some significant progress even before he transferred to NC State and announced his commitment towards getting more in shape and, and being better conditioned, and that's only improved. So there's hope for that. And then the, the defensive aspect yeah. of, look, a lot of what Kevin Keats likes to do defensively, if it's going to work, it's going to be predicated upon having a, a rim protector. Uh, I don't have DJ's. Yeah. Numbers in front of me, but he's not known as a shot blocker. Um, that even say an Ebenezer Dewana probably could give you. Um, so that's kind of my first thoughts on DJ Burns. Yeah, good offense. How would it hold up over? Can he do it for thirty minutes versus twenty? And will it? Will the defense hold up? What, what are your thoughts? Right. Well, not to use your, your own words, but I think he hit the nail on the head. Uh, he's 6'9", 275. He's averaged half a block for his career, so definitely not a shot blocker. Uh, you were so close. It's 20.9 minutes per game. So, yeah, the conditioning is, is going to be rough. Uh, he is a great scorer. I'd argue he's probably the best scorer that is a true center that's ever been under Kevin Keith. Um, he is an awesome scorer with the basketball for sure. When he entered the transfer portal, I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's big. That's a big name, great talent. But I never gave it second thought. I just didn't think that Keats was going to go after him simply because he's not a Kevin Keats center. Kevin Keats likes, even back in his uh, Wilmington days, back to the basket, um, nice defensively shot blocker. That's his bread and butter. Uh, that is not who DJ Burns is. You know, he's going to bang with you down low. He's great scorer, not an awesome rebounder, which, again, I've, I've mentioned time and time again how this team, you know, I think that's mostly how they play defense at this point. They're just not super concerned uh, with the rebounds margin. They, they want to get back on defense and, and get out and run. Um, great score. Uh, season high, 30 points in their first game. Had a few 20-plus um, outings. So they're getting a good one in, in D.J. Burns. Uh, but like you said, the, the defensive ability is, is not there. Um, the conditioning is not there. But luckily, we went out and got another center who I think is another sneaky guy. You know, he's a guy that uh, not a whole lot of people are are really given notice, but 6'10", 225, Dusan Mohorcic. I hope that I'm saying that his name right. Um, doesn't wow you, but maybe that's what this team needs, just a gritty guy that's going to bully you down low. He, he is definitely the uh, the tough guy in the paint. And, and I think that's something that we need, you know, he, DJ Burns can, can be the nice scoring option, but you want a guy to get all up in your face. Dusan's your guy. I agree. And, and I like this, you know, um, you throw in Dusan and the return of Ebenezer Dewana. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of growing pains, obviously for Ebenezer yeah. last year, Yeah, but it's not like he, was a liability every time he stepped on the court. There were times where right. it looked like, okay, the flash, you saw it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, uh, you, you saw Ebenezer. Uh, you know, he's not a guy who tries to pretend to be something he's not on the court. He, he knows what he's mm-hmm. good at and what he's not. And so that alone, Ebenezer's return and then Dusan Mahorsik, I hope that's right, Dusan. If not, I apologize profusely. Um, now you got three guys that can play in the po- in the paint. Yeah. And yeah. You're not, and hopefully, and I, we didn't even talk about Greg Gant and Ernest Roth. Now you got five right. guys, six, eight or taller, 
knock on wood, you think, okay, if we don't have a catastrophic slate of injuries where we got three guys, you know, at half court watching them warm up, we're okay depth-wise in the paint. So, um, I, I, would, I, I would consider us cursed if we have a reoccurrence of, of last year where we only have one big guy <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> Yeah. 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 The, the depth is good. The depth is good. And what I really like about it is each one gives you a different flavor of something, right? Like I said, you got your bully in Dusan, you've got your score in DJ Burns, and then you got Ebenezer who's not scared to get down there and do the dirty work. You know, he had some solid rebound numbers throughout the year. Like you said, he showed flashes. He's not a scorer, right? We're not asking him to be. We had to ask him to be last year. He got thrown into a position that he clearly was not ready for or comfortable with. I think everybody can confidently say, like, he's a four-year guy if he were to stay at NC State, right? Um, when he even signed here, we knew that he'd be a four-year guy. So I'm okay that he got all those minutes last year. He got his feet wet, and like you said, he, he showed something. I'm just excited that we have we have something to work with. I yeah. felt like we had arguably the same three centers or same style of play in Jalen Gibson – Ebenezer Dewana and Manny Bates. All three of them try – well, I can't say all three of them, but they, they try to block shots. They, they try to rebound, um, some better than others. But still, my point is that now you've got different things. Guys can do different things. You're, you're not a, 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 a one-off joke now, right? Like you can tell multiple. You can do different things with them. And like you said, Greg Gant – a guy that's really flying under the radar. I mean, I don't even know if state fans remember him being on the team because he didn't play last year. What is he going to give you? Is he going to start at the four? Is Ernest Ross going to start at the four? Ernest Ross, in my opinion, should have started a long time before he actually got on the court, really showed some flashes. Um, So there are definitely different options, different things. I felt like Keith last year had his hands cuffed and, and tied behind his back with a lot of the playing around with the roster. Now you can play around with the roster a little bit. We'll see what works. Yeah, yeah. And that tough part about last year, we just talked about Jarkel and DJ. You know, last year the point guard position just didn't work out like you hoped. You ended up moving Sebron over the point guard, which worked out well enough. But the reality is Sebron, right. you know, the Sebron that put up those incredible numbers against Nebraska in four overtime was not playing point guard. He was playing on the wing, and that probably right. would have been where he was best served. And then you just you had two guys that just weren't quite ready to be playing 40 minutes combined a game at the low post, and that was it. I mean, otherwise, Jericho Helms was your next your next option. Um, and I think there was even one game where it was just Jalen Gibson. You had one guy. Yeah, out yeah. And it truly was a, a kind of, like you mentioned, handcuff-type moment that you're hoping by adding these guys maybe alleviates that. Last right. newcomer. Uh, in terms of the transfers that were added, Jack Clark, who kind of uh, maybe flying under the radar a little bit like Dushan. I think Jarkel and DJ, uh, DJ Burns get most of the attention. But Jack Clark was a double-digit scorer at LaSalle, which is a good conference. Mm-hmm. The Atlantic 10, you had to rank the conferences. The Atlantic 10 is probably that below the Big East in terms of the best of the rest after the Power Five, but not – you followed it, obviously. I mean, you're, you're the guy that's watching San Francisco and Santa Clara. The Dons, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, where would you say the Atlantic 10 probably ranks? You got the Power Fives, you got the Big East. The Atlantic 10 could be next. Yeah, Atlantic 10 definitely has an argument to be that seventh conference, if you would. Um, I wouldn't put them past eight or ninth if you really want to pick, pick hairs at that point. Yeah. Um, I, I love my mid-majors. Mid-majors are fun, and it really bums me out that all these conferences and teams yeah. are merging, and it's killing the mid-major. And for a guy like me, like I, I really, really hate seeing this. Mid-majors make college basketball. There's no argument about it. Um, Jack Clark, really solid size. I believe he's 6'8", 6'7", or 6'8". Yep. Uh, good, good long uh, wingspan. I like the fact that he can spread the, fo- the floor. He's not a lethal shooter by any means, but he can knock down threes. And if he's knocking down threes, that just adds another element. It spaces out the floor, gives guys like Jarkel and Traquavion options to go inside. That was something that this team really missed last season is a wing that can knock down threes. Obviously, we had a couple on our list um, as 
the transfer portal started to unravel. But Jack Clark was a guy that I, I put in my little screenshot notes that, you know, this guy can offer something. This guy can, can definitely help out and fill some holes. Um, so that's, that's all he's really going to be asked to do, rebound and hit threes. We really need him to be that 3 and D type wing because that's something that we have not seen under Keith uh, really at all. And, and I think that, that that type of player is so crucial in today's basketball, especially if you want to hit threes and take a lot of threes like this NC State team does. I've said this before, so I'm going to see what your thoughts about this. What I like the most about what happened this offseason for NC State between Tequavion coming back, all four of those guys we mentioned, uh, Jarkel joined the sixth year in college. Dushan, mm-hmm. five years in college now. Uh, Jack Clark will be in his fifth year in college. Uh, DJ Burns, I believe, will be in his fifth year in college. Um, Casey Morsell, the senior, one of your top returning players. It's quite possible your starting five will be four guys who are either in their fourth, fifth, or sixth year of college basketball and a lottery pick yep. at, the, at the fifth. The right. sophomore, who was an all-freshman team member and played obviously did a lot last year right and t- today and i a little bit different because a lot of teams probably brought back more than anticipated in the acc which we're about to talk about but i think that's really valuable like if i'm yes. looking at it, i'm saying this is an old experience maybe not at entry state but it's an old team and it has that lottery pick and the, so there's talent. It's not, and even Jarkel right. Joyner was a leading scorer on an SEC team at Ole Miss, and DJ Burns was a conference player of the year. So they do have accolades, but they're also old. And right. That was something, I think, in the ACC. Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, a race last season, right, take off the name of the jersey, just say that out loud. You know, you, you've got weathered players, you've got seasoned players, and you've got a lottery pick. Most people are going to say, yeah, that team's going to be pretty good. How good? We'll see. But definitely better than last year. Um, <laughs> that goes without saying. I think there is a lot of value on this team. To me, it does kind of seem like a hodgepodge group of guys. Yeah. It's obvious that Keith is – trying something different, which I can appreciate because it didn't work for the last couple of years. Um, We don't have to get into him being on the hot seat, all that stuff. It's just nice to see that we're trying something different. And there are players that I do like specifically. I just don't know if it gels as a team. That's, that's kind of my, my outlook on this team, but everybody knows, you know, come tournament time, come March, if this team is fighting for a spot, it helps. It helps having those weathered guys that have been through this, that have tasted what it feels like to go to a tournament or been right there at it. Uh, last year, we were oddly young. And so the flip and flop of the transfer portal and IL, now we're, we're kind of old. Maybe possibly one of the older teams in the ACC now that Duke just got rid of their entire team, right? And, and players are coming in and out. Um, so it's definitely valuable. It's definitely something that shouldn't be slept on or forgotten about when discussing this team. I know the talent doesn't pop off the page like a Duke or a Carolina, but maybe that's just what this team is. It's a gritty nose to the grindstone, get it done type of team. All right. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Matt Coe is a student. So I'm going to have you switch the, switch the roles. You're the professor now. Um, All right. Kevin Keats and his new new look staff. Um, all your students, you gave them a tax to rebuild the roster on April first. Here you are, July. Uh, this is their final exam. Is now July thirteenth. They've handed you the final exam. Here's the roster. Uh, what's your grade? My grade on the roster. And the Man, job done uh, in the off season. Oh, and and the job done. So as a whole. Yeah. Considering where they were April 1st. Right. Considering where they were April 1st, with everything considered, whether we didn't know if we'd have a head coach, if we didn't know who would be on the floor, with all the hecticness, I'll give it 
I give it a B minus. Okay. I give, I give it a B minus. I'm teetering on that C plus range. Um, I, I love the hire of Levi Watkins. I think a lot of NC State fans are really pleased with that. Uh, it really sucks to see a couple of coaches go, players with them. Um, that's unfortunate. But I think that where we were last season, talent-wise, and who we had on the roster to where we are now, because that was the worst of the worst, right? I don't think that there's any way that last year could have gotten any worse. So where it is now, it's a good job, but now we got to see results. And I think a lot of fans, including myself, like we want to see that. So that grade could change, of course, if we start winning some games and, and we see some results. But I'm going to stick firm to my B minus, but it's it's that teetering of B minus, C plus range. Yeah, yeah. I would not want to take one of your classes. I was going to give it a nice B plus. Uh, okay. So, but uh, just continue. Why do you I mean, think a B plus? I, you know, I just thought, considering what they had to work with and the, the challenges and and. I mean, there was a lot of changes, as you mentioned. I mean, a uh, complete mm-hmm. overhaul. Of, it ended up being it was not expected to be a complete overhaul of, of the coaching staff. It was expected to be two yeah. out of three. And then James Johnson decides, uh, whenever, was that May, I believe? Was it May? That he kind of suddenly mm-hmm. decided, you know what, this is not, I need to t- step away for a little bit. Um, so then you had to end up completely replacing your, your um, your team and your roster, and they were dealing with a new element, which you just talked about, NIL. We talked about that. And, yeah. you know, you, you have, it's no secret that there's some guys out there who made decisions strictly based on you know, what deal they can get. Yeah. What did Nigel Pack get at Miami? Uh, uh, 800000 Yeah. So, <laughs> over two years, I think, so 400 well, I mean, Oscar Shibway made $2 million, um, if not more. So Yeah, so, I mean, there are guys that, I know, I'm not going to spill the beans here on a free podcast, but that, <laughs> look, NC State, probably in a normal year, would have been prime contender on the transfer portal to get, and they would have made great sense, and they're calling up NC State, yep. or NC State calls them up, and they say, okay, yeah, I'll be interested what kind of NIL deal can I get? Yeah. And yeah, I, I just think losing Manny Bates, man, that was, that was a real gut punch. I feel like for a lot of fans, that was, that was a tough one. Cause man, I think that that's one of the players of the last few years that players or teammates and fans just really got behind, like really, really loved. Yeah. I think of the the Parsons, Manny, probably the one I think I I, I like Cam Hayes personally. I think he needed a fresh start. I think yeah. he just kind of needed a fresh start somewhere else. It just wasn't happening. I think for whatever reason, maybe it wasn't a good fit with the offense. I, I personally think he might have put too much pressure on himself last year to be mm-hmm. the, the, the guy running the show. Um, you know, look, Jalen Gibson's at a, a better spot for him. Um, Thomas Allen's at a better spot for him. Yep. Um, Cam Hayes hopefully can make the best of his new second opportunity. Manny was probably the one you would have, you know, would have liked to come back. But then again, you know, right. we talked before the podcast, he has not been cleared yet to return at Butler from the shoulder injury. Yeah. And that's three out of the last six years now. He's been problem problem. Or five years, that shoulder has been a problem for him. So yeah. you can't really put a guarantee on it. So let's talk big picture. ACC. After the silly season, after everything, and how NC State might stack up in it. We're going to make this quick because we are an NC State podcast. Uh, are we in agreement that UNC probably the best team on paper in the ACC? No. You not, You don't think that? No. Okay. No, maybe this is my NC State talking. <laughs> I don't know. But it seems crazy to not look at the whole picture. Everybody wants to remember the tournament run. Right, and it was a great tournament run, but let's like take a step back. You played a horrible matchup in Marquette. That was a nightmare matchup for them. Um, You got Baylor without their number one scorer and their um, starting center. You played uh, UCLA, which is a great win. I'm not going to take anything away from that. They played a great, great game, coached very well. Um, So that's one solid win. 
Then you played St. Peter's, which, yes, it was all fun and games and, and all that <laughs> great stuff, but their magic was up, right? We Everybody knew that. It was amazing that they even got past Purdue. But, you know, albeit they beat the team that most teams couldn't. All right, fine, whatever. And then you beat Duke. Again, really solid win, but I think it was obvious that Duke team was not ready for the big lights. They proved that throughout the entire season. And then you choke um, the largest lead in the championship game of all time. <laughs> so, look, look at the whole picture. Yes, you're returning everybody from a tournament run team, sure. But you're also re- um, returning everybody from a team that was an NIT team heading into March. So, if they're if they're one, sure, fine, cool. If, if you want to put them one, I'm going to put them two. I think that uh, there's an argument to be made that Duke is obviously one just because they once again got the number one, two, and three recruit. Um, solid <laughs> there. Obviously, you have Roach coming back. I'm not really huge on Roach, but um, it's nice to have that veteran point guard um, with a lot of really good talent. But I'm really big on Virginia. I'm I'm very, very big on Virginia. I know they will reach the third round in the NIT, returning all five starters and their sixth man. Uh, ben Vanderplas, transfer from Ohio, actually lit up Virginia a couple years back in 2021 and knocked them out in the first round. I'm big on him. Jaden Gardner, all ACC third team in his first year. Um, he's proven that he's a good scorer. Uh, I know you're not a big Kia Clark guy. I'm not huge on him, um, but I think that having that veteran leadership is great. Uh, but Reese Beekman is the star on this team for me. Um, there was five games in 35 games that he played and started, uh, five games in which he had uh, three or less assists. Um, and in those games, Virginia lost every single one of them. And this guy led the ACC in assists. He was second in uh, the nation in assist to turnover ratio. Uh I'm big, 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 big on Virginia. I I I, I could see Virginia being a good team, but I think the point is my kind of would be you can't put them above UNC because yeah, they returned everybody, but the show that UNC and who did better last year, UNC or Virginia. Very true. And so very true. That would be my counter. I think though you're hit on the ball. I think we all. UNC, Duke, Virginia, probably that top tier. Is there anybody else? You've done a lot of research on this for a story that's going to be coming out that you would Florida State. Florida State, big one. They got Caleb Mills back. There is a – he's from Barcelona, I believe. Uh, Baba Miller, I I hope I'm saying that right. About 6'8". He grew, I want to say, seven inches in like less than a year. It was ridiculous. Um, he was a point guard until now. Now he's just massive, and he's got the ball handles of a guard, but he's got the touch of a shooter. Um, really, really nice player. I really like him a lot. Uh, Darren Green Jr.'s – yes, Florida yeah. State. Uh, Darren Green Jr., he's a nice transfer. Miami, obviously, are reloaded again with Nigel Pack, as we mentioned. It's just their center position that, you know, can be left to desire. But they did get Norchet Amir, um, transfer – uh, God, school is escaping me here, but he's a nice center. And then, um, you know, you got your you got your sleepers. You know, Pitt, as weird as it sounds, they could be a sleeper. Uh, I believe Nike is actually how you say his name. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, yeah, Nike Sabandi, really solid score. Do I think they're going to do anything or make any noise? Probably not, but, you know, they'll, they'll squeak out a few wins. Uh, Wake seems to be really reloaded. And then, obviously, you can't sleep on Notre Dame. Nate Lazowski's back. Um, you still have uh, Cormac Ryan. There's a couple of sleepers on every team, but definitely Virginia, Florida State, Duke, Carolina, your typical teams. Um, I think BC with their backcourt can really surprise a lot of teams. So we'll see. It, it's it's a lot tighter in the middle than a lot of people think. Yeah. That's kind of, I think NC State's obviously in that, you know, look, you got the top tier. I think one, you know, there's some teams that I think are sliding back, Syracuse. It's a team that could be really looking at a, a tough slide yeah. back. Um, they uh, they only grabbed one guy from the transfer market, and I don't really see him playing too many, too many minutes. Yeah, so that's a weird one. Um, I don't know what the transition at Louisville is going to be like, um, how they're going to come out of that. Uh, that kind of a, uh, For me, Wake Forest kind of struck gold last year. Definitely. They were aided by a soft schedule with we talked about, I remember you and I talking to Josh Graham uh, after the Wake Forest game in Raleigh where we, I told him, this team screamed the Kevin Keats team that didn't make the tournament. 
because of that non-conference mm-hmm. schedule, and that's exactly what happened. But will that happen again? Is there another Aeneas Williams and uh, who's the kid that got drafted in Lavivia? Lavivia, yeah. I mean, that was well, freaking gold. Well, and, they got Damian Williamson back. That's a solid um, returning player. And uh, Tyree Appleby, I hope that's how you say it. Ty- Tyree Appleby, or uh, I think it's Appleby, but uh, he's a nice, solid player. That's a really, really good backcourt. And um, I, I don't know, I, I think Steve Forbes does well in recruiting when it comes to backcourt. He really knows what he's doing with that. Um, last thing I'll say about Carolina, I promise, but <laughs> I'm not huge on Caleb Love. I don't think he's very consistent. I think if, if they're going to lean on lean on R.J. Davis, I think he's a far better player, honestly. Um but yeah, there's some sleepers. There's some sleepers. But right now, I I want to put Virginia there. Maybe that's just me trying to be different. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe my NC Stateness is, is talking right now. <laughs> I know you have to put Carolina one. I, I like Virginia. I, I I do like Florida State because they were hard luck team last year. And yeah. I'm a big Leonard Hamilton believer. I love the transfer that they picked up from Central Florida. I believe mm-hmm. uh, that you mentioned. Yeah, great three point shooter. Uh, well, you know, and they were first before all those injuries started happening. Yeah. They, they had a comfortable lead in the ACC, and then they got hurt, and that's when their season kind of hit the tank. Yeah. So, so. got to figure them. And then, so that's probably a top four. And then I, I think if you're an entry state fan, there's a lot more room for what Wake Forest did last year than there has ever been Definitely. in college basketball. So, yeah, we're not – you're not playing in the ACC Big Ten Challenge because you finished last in the ACC. And next thing you know, you could be, you know, fifth or sixth in the ACC. Whoa. It doesn't take well, you know, and that, Sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, that that does suck. You know, you want to be a part of that. But that also opens an opportunity to schedule a harder opponent and get a nice win if you can. Um, you know, you if we were a tournament. At playing a, a rematch with Nebraska. On yeah, the and that does match. nothing for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. go go if you have to schedule another mid-major that, that's going to win their championship. That's why I really gave kudos to Keith last year. The, the schedule was tough. I mean, half the out-of-conference either won their uh, conference or went to the tournament. And yeah. and I know people like to down wins, and I get it because the name on the on the jersey, but albeit, like, they were good teams. So schedule a couple more of those. You know, who knows what could happen. Yeah, Richmond, uh, Wright State, a couple games they lost. Uh, yeah. both, both of those teams were playing. Um, Colgate won theirs. Um, Colgate won theirs. Uh, Louisiana Tech went all the way, I believe, to the finals of their tournament. Yeah. And when NIT, I, oh, did they win? I don't remember. I know they made it to and, the finals. I mean, you could even argue if Oklahoma State didn't have sanctions, you know, they, they could possibly have been a, a tournament team. So, I mean, almost 100% of the teams that you played in the out-of-conference we're tournament teams minus the you know the cupcakes that you have to schedule. Um, we'll see if if that happens again. I know a couple of games have been kind of leaking out here and there for NC State's out of conference. Um, nothing jumps off the page right now, but we'll see how that battle for Atlantis really shapes up. Um. Yeah, I I, I think the um, I'm I, you and I are on the same page. I don't want you to schedule like you're the number one team in the country, but schedule smart. Yeah, it's always been right. my take. Last year was a smart schedule, and if you had a full team and a full roster, that would have been a nice schedule to show to the NCAA tournament committee if their situation had turned out that way. We know they're playing Florida International very early in the season. They had a mm-hmm. rough year last year. We know they're playing Vanderbilt in December on a neutral court. Uh, not an eye-opener, but not a, you know, that's, Kind of like probably playing Richmond last year on the neutral court type. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course you got that tough tournament in the uh, Bermuda or the Bahamas. Uh, I believe it was the Bahamas, yeah. and I do want to note that Butler is also in that oh, yeah. field. Oh, so I would love to field. see a yes, Kansas. Uh, I believe Tennessee. I think is in there as well. Um, Dude, I think Butler, Butler is probably the weakest team in that field. <laughs> If I remember, you know, uh, uh, not to not to throw salt in the wound. It's either us or them. But yeah. but that's not to say you know we can't be good. It's just there are some really really good teams that yeah. are that are in that field. See, but uh, I would love to see Manny Bates versus NC State. <laughs> that's yeah. I got the field in front of me. We got Kansas, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Southern Cal, 
Dayton, BYU, and Butler. And so you're going to get three good games. Yeah. You come out of there two and one. I don't care who you're playing. You come out of there two and one. That, that's solid. Yeah. All right. From talking to Kevin Keith, that didn't sound like the St. Louis game that was supposed to happen this year. Going to happen. It might right. be played next year instead. That would have been a really good game. If it does yeah. pop up on this schedule, that's a really good home game. Because I've seen St. Louis in some top 25 preseason for next year. So, yeah. uh, we'll see how it plays out. So, long way to go. We'll have Matt back on here, especially if we get closer to basketball season. We'll do a real preview and kind of really jump onto it. Matt's been working on some uh, kind of an AC, ACC capsule to kind of get people caught up on what the other team did since it's always hard to keep up year to year now in the right. ACC. So um, be on the lookout for that and some more stuff. So Matt, any parting shots before we close this baby up? Oh, uh, if you guys like some arena football, catch us on uh, YouTube, Cobra's uh, last home game of the season this Saturday, and then we go straight to playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, look out for the article. I'm going to try my best to, to dumb it down as best as I can, break it down, because like you said, it's, players are in and out constantly. Um, half the people don't even know who's on the squad for any fan base, really. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's definitely going to be a better year. And uh, – yeah, go Pack. All right. Matt, I appreciate you. This has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Reminder, you're supposed to uh, subscribe, rate, and review. This po- I think that's what I'm supposed to say. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you're listening to us on YouTube, drop a comment. That post supposedly helps us out. Um, anything else you think I'm supposed to say, Matt? I'm not. Um, join. It's a dollar. Oh. Yeah, it's a dollar. And also, Matt, what's your Twitter handle? Before we uh, at underscore Matt Co M A T T C O E right, and we're at the Wolfpacker. Follow us on Facebook at the Wolfpacker as well. So for Matt, I'm Matt. Easy enough. See you next time.